Today's daf is daf Tzadi Aleph. We are holding around nine lines from the bottom of Tzadi Ahmed Beis. Let me just set it up because we're really in the middle of a sugya that uh, a number of days concepts are, are all coming together. Basically, what you need to know for the uh, upcoming daf are the following concepts. There is Yerusha Daraisa, that's the Torah says that uh, father dies, leaves assets, and even if there's multiple wives, so let's just leave out the law of Bechor for a moment, but let's say uh, the, 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 the sons of each one of those wives would have a right to equally share in the assets that the father has left over when he passes away. And that would be uh, basic kalocha, uh, and they each have equal rights to that. It's at the Daraisa din of Yerusha. If there is a Yerusha when the father dies, that is the mandated requirement of how to divide it up. Chachamim came along and made the following takana. They said that, that we would like to see women get married with the largest amount of dowry possible. And in order to do that, we, they recognized that the parents of the girl, the father of the girl, is not going to give a large dowry if the concern is that if the girl, the, 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 their daughter dies, it gets inherited by the husband, and then when he dies, it just gets divided amongst the children from the other wives as well. So then they come basically, they are now supporting all the children from the other wives. They said they don't want that happening with their dowry. So the Chachamim said, okay, fine. We have a way to fix it. What they did was they instituted into the uh, stipulations of the Ksuvas, known as Ksuvas Brindichrin, the Ksuva of the male children. The Ksuva of the male children basically says that if the wife predeceases the husband and then he dies, first and foremost, before we divide up the Yerusha, what we will do is we will allow the children from this wife to get their mother's ksuva first. It means ostensibly they are getting first shot at the Yerusha, they are inheriting first because of this rabbinical enactment, what are they getting first shot at? They're getting at the amount that was put aside by, for, for the first ksuva. No. Now, obviously, this only makes sense when there's more than one wife, right? If there wasn't more than one wife, then there's no need for the takana. The second piece of where this was said also makes only sense if there's two wives, both wives predeceased the husband, right? And obviously they have to have exuvas of different amounts. Because if they don't have ksuvas different amounts, or at least they have to be more children on one side, from one wife than from the other, because only then really does it make a difference in terms of this din of susvenim dichren. So therefore, the, uh, the rule that ksuvas benin dichren was put into play for sure, there's no question, we're going to see the next uh, later mission of today's daf, is when you had two wives, they both predeceased the husband, one ksuva was uh, for a thousand dollars, let's say make it ten thousand dollars, the other ksuva was only for a thousand dollars, so in this case 
They uh, both would like to, I mean, they, they actually not the ones who have the larger ksuva would like to see that they collect their mother's ksuva before we divide up the assets. The other ones actually are going to take a loss. But nevertheless, that's the scenario which Susan and Dichron was set for. And it's understood. Both parties, both children understand that this was something that was put in for their benefit in order for allowing them to collect their mother ksuva. Now, obviously, if one wife has a higher ksuva than the other, it comes out to their detriment. But you can't have any complaints because it was really done for them. And they both have the right to whatever was brought in before we divide up the assets. We're going to learn later on in the Mishnah today is that Chachamim wanted to make sure that this doesn't wipe out the Dinder Raisa. Right? So in the case that we gave to one is ksuvah's 10,000... What's that? The Doraisa the, part, right? The Doraisa, well, whatever the ksuvah was, whatever the, no, the, they're not the ksuvah Doraisa, the, the Yerusha. Whatever, the, whatever there is for Yerusha, it shouldn't wipe it out. So it means if all father left was property that was valued at $11,000, then by each one collecting, one taking the 10 and one taking the one, it basically would negate that there's no Yerusha anymore to divide up equally amongst the children. So it comes out that the Takana de Rabbonin circumvented the Ksuvah de They would not allow it. On that case, all bets are off, and you take the $1,100, and if there's two children, the $11,000, and you divide 5,500 to each one, and Shalom al Yisrael, that's what you would end up doing. If there is at least one dinar more, from the $11,000 plus one dinar, so after you do the Ksuzban and Dichrin, each one can divide up that dinar under the guise of the Yerusha Daraisa, then the Chachamim said, that's fine, we would go ahead and allow it. We're going to see that's the upcoming Mishnah. Now, but that's not the scenario that we're dealing with today. What we're dealing with the scenario today is that uh, uh, something we had in the last Mishnah, that let's say one of the two wives, the two wives, one of the wives predeceased the husband. As soon as he predeceases her, really on the Torah level, she, she, she predeceased the husband. So what happens to the Torah level, her ksuva really gets wiped out. Because what happens to her ksuva under that case? He, he inherits it, right? That was the whole point of why they made that kind of ksuva different. Because now he inherits it and then he would spread it out among the other one. He inherits it, right? Now, the case I gave before is both wives predeceased, so they both have the claim of Ksuzban and Dichrin, and then if there's the extra dinar, it's divided, uh, it's divided amongst the Ksuva, right? There's no extra dinar, it's divided equally. The case over here is what happens if one wife predeceased the husband, the other wife, the second wife, the husband died first. Now, the second wife, when the husband dies first, she has a, a ksuva mandated. Her right to get the ksuva is not because of the rabbinical takana. Her right to get the ksuva, she's like a creditor. He owes her the ksuva. So before we even start talking about what should happen with Yerusha, not should happen with Yerusha, she has a right to it. Now the case we're going to be dealing with is that let's say she didn't actualize it. She didn't go, let's say, uh, uh, let's say she's the one that had the uh, whatever the number is, whatever that ksuva is, she has a right to that ksuva, and she didn't actualize it and go ahead and demand it and get it, but she died, leaving her son. So now we have one son from the first wife and one son from the second wife. Now, in this case, 
Each one's right to the mother's ksuva is coming from a different place. Because the second one's right to the ksuva is because he inherits his mother's rights, which his mother had the right as a creditor to be able to collect from the estate. Right? She had a right as a creditor to collect from the estate. So she really comes first. Right? The... The wife of the 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 the, 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 the wife of the, 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 the son of the first wife, his only right to collect his mother's ksuva is under the guise if you would employ the rabbinical takana of ksuvas benin dechrin. Now the Gemara brought down that it's not so clear that the rabbis would allow the first one to collect his right of ksuvas benin dechrin in that case. Because if both of them are getting it because of the rabbinical takana, neither one can have complaints. Why are you getting that amount? One, that's, the, that's the takana of Tzuz ben Dichrin. But in the case that we've just set up now, the second one says, I'm not getting it because of the takana. I'm getting it because I'm the creditor. I have a right to it. So there was a question, do we even say that the first one has a right to his mother's ksuva when the second one is not getting it as ksuz mendichrin, but he's only getting it as because he has a right to step into his mother's shoes and collect the ksuva that she had a right to a right to collect. Not that we're just being nice and giving it over, right? So that was the question. Now, the assuming that was that's one question whether or not we do. But even assuming that let's assume that that the rabbis did allow. We're not worried about the quarreling, that it might lead to quarreling. We're not worrying about it, that the was made, and that when there's a ksuvah benin dichrin, we allow it to be collected by the first wife's children, even though the second wife's children are collecting it not as ksuvah benin dichrin, but they're collecting it as the shibud that their mother had. The question is as follows. Now, if you remember, we said that if both wives predeceased the husband, right? The rabbis were concerned that we're only going to kick in, it only triggers ksuz ben if there's left over an amount to say, okay, the Yerusha Daraisa is going to be. Now what happens in our case, this is, becomes a little tricky here. In our case was, there's only one going to be collecting ksuz ben right? One, one. The other one's collecting the mother's ksuva because she's a creditor. Now, the question is over here. Do we also need an extra dinar after all said and done to say, well, at least we're doing the Yerushad Raisa? Yes or no? Now, what would the reason? Of course, why not? I'll tell you why not. And this is an interesting chap. Because the creditor, the mother who's the creditor, who's she getting paid from? At the end, the father's the estate, dead. Right? The estate. So it means that it, technically you could view it as the estate inherited that money and now is kicking it out, which means that you could argue that in this case you don't need the extra dinar because the Daraisa Yerusha had been established because that was being used to pay off the debts. So therefore, in this case, you don't need the extra dinar. So that becomes a second issue that even if you assume that we do still have Tzuvaz Ben in the case, or we, uh, in the case that we gave, where one of them is getting at that point, one's getting silver. Do you need that extra dinner? Might be you don't need that extra dinner the because the estate itself is inheriting that money to pay the ksuva is the fulfillment of the yerusha, and therefore you would still say ksuva is different, even if there's nothing left after each party got paid there. Right. That so that so that was a discussion at the end of yesterday's daf, and the mora brought down 
a, uh, a machlokis between the Tanakama and Rabbi Akiva. I believe it was Benanas was the Tanakama and, and, and Rabbi Akiva. And there was a question how to understand the machlokis. Now, the wording of the b'risa that was being quoted was as follows. If you just want to uh, uh, go back just a, 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 about seven, uh, 10 lines, the b'risa said as follows. The b'risa said uh, that, our, it set up the case the way we talked about it, is that meisu achas b'chayev, the terminology is achas b'chayev, achas b'moso. One wife died when he was alive, one wife died after he died, which is our case. That's mamash our case, right? So achas b'chayev, achas b'moso. Benanas Omer, Benana said, Yecholim b'nei arishon, alom b'nei ashniya, Balas Chov, Atem Ksuvas Imchem. They can say, listen, you can take your mother's Ksuva, which they mean that she's all there allowed, but that, if there's not enough assets to divide up any more than that, that's all you take, and we'll take the rest for our mother's Ksuva, because of Ksuva's Blendichrin. Right? You, you can, we can do that. That's, that's the bottom line. And Rabbi Akiva said, is that their mother's ksuva, the inheritance they want to get from the mother, has jumped away. It means they've lost it. They cannot get it. Which means the only ones, the chora, that can collect the ksuva is going to be the, the children of the second wife. But the children of the first wife, there is no case here of ksuva's benindichrin. Now, so there's a machlokus here between no, Rabbi Akiva. Yeah, whatever's left means we collect our we collect our mother's tshuva and, and whatever's left fifty fifty lechora. Now, why? What's the machlokus over there? So, what Rabba wanted to say that the machlokus was uh, is that uh, that the, the machlokus was that uh, everybody held there is a concept of ksuvas benendichrin, is that there is, this is a case where the, technically the first wife's children should be able to get their mother's ksuva. The problem over here is just because there was nothing left over after both, both wives' children would have collected the ksuva, there would have been nothing left over. So really the machlokas is whether or not we can count the payment of the second wife's Ksuva as the Yerusha. That's how Rabbah wanted to say, that's what Rabbah wanted to explain the Machlokas. And on that's where we're going to pick it up. Maskevilo Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, Iachi, if that in fact is Rabbi Akiva's position, means Rabbi Akiva ostensibly con- uh, concurs that this would be a case for Ksuvas Ben even though one of them are not getting it as Ksuvas one of them is getting it as full Ksuva. The only problem is that he, can't, he says you cannot count that as Yerusha, you have to have the extra dinar. Then Rabbi Akiva should have spoken it out. He shouldn't just said, no, this is not a case of Ksuvas Ben He should have said, this is not a case of Ksuvas Ben because you don't have the dinar. But if you had the dinar, then this would have been, but he never mentioned anything about the dinar, which is mashma that according to Rabbi Akiva, this is the way Rabbi Yosef understands. It makes no difference. It's got nothing to do with the dinar. Rabbi Akiva holds that this is not a case of Ksuz ben Dichren because the only time you'll employ Ksuz ben Dichren is where both wives were coming at the same, that both predeceased the husband and therefore <coughs> both of them had the right as Ksuz ben Dichren. But where only one of them has it and the other one has it because it's collecting the wife's 
the, 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 his mother's ksuva, not as ksuva, but different. Then, you know, that's what, the, that's what Rabbi Akiva's thrust seems to be, says Rabbi Yosef. So, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Akiva, Omer, Kvar Nachla. Why does he just say it as a standard that they've lost their Nachla, jumped away from them? Their mother's ksuva, they can no longer inherit. That's the, the, the children of the first, of the first wife. It should, he should say, he should say, he should speak out. That's only because there's no dinar. But if there would be an extra dinar, then they would be allowed to collect it. He doesn't say that, which implies that according to Rabbi Akiva, it makes no difference whether there's an extra dinar or no extra dinar. El am Rabbi Yosef. The right way to understand the machlokas bananas and Rabbi Akiva is as follows, right? They're arguing conceptually concerning this din. When it's achas b'chai of where the second one is only collecting it by right as a creditor, he's not getting it because the Takarat Sub is indifferent, then do we have a right to give the first one? It doesn't matter, you left over, not left over. That's not the best. The point over here is maybe this is going to create all types of fighting because the second one could say it's not fair that they should get Subin indifferent. We didn't get Subin indifferent. Yeah, we did get our mother's super, but not because the rabbis were nice to us. We got it because we were the creditors. We had a right to it. And under such a case where it's going to create quarreling, there was no Takarat Sub indifferent. That's Rabbi Akiva's position. That's right. Now, once Rabbi Yosef has established, that's the way he understands. It means ostensibly the machlokas is, do we apply the takon of Tzubas Bnindichrin where both parties are not getting it as Tzubas Bnindichrin, but the first one is getting it as a Tzubas Bnindichrin. The second, or the first one, in our case, the second wife's children will get it because they have a right as the chov, as the creditor, as the Tzubas owed to their mother, Din, whereas the first one's wife, children, they only get a Tzubas Bnindichrin. Rabbi Akiva says there's no Tzubas Bnindichrin under such a circumstance, and, uh, and Bananas disagrees, Bananas holds, that there is Ksuzbin different, whether or not you need extra dinar or not extra dinar, but there is Ksuzbin different under such circumstances. Says Rabbi Yosef that the way I've explained it actually mirrors another Machlokas Tanoyim. Where do we see this Machlokas Tanoyim? The Sanya we learned in a Brisa. Nasus Arishayna. You married the first wife, Vamesa, and then she died. Again, let's speak it out. When she dies, what happens to Ksuva? Husband's still alive. He inherits it. That would be a candidate for Ksuz Ben when he dies. Nasser is he marries the second wife, the Meisu, but he predeceased her, okay? And then he dies. So we have two sets of orphans, two sets of Yarshim clamoring at the estate. You have the first wife's children who would like to see that you do apply Ksuz Ben because they would first like their mother's Ksuva, and you have the second uh, wife's children that would say that their claim is that we get our mother's ksuva and whatever's left then should be split. And you guys should not be collecting ksuvas ben because we didn't collect ksuvas ben right? So now, now the Tanakama says something somewhat cryptic. He said that her children come and collect the ksuva. Now the Gemara understands right now, didn't say clearly whose children collect the ksuva, but they understand it's about the second one. It means the only ones that have, this way the Gemara understands right now, the only ones that have a right to collect the ksuva are who? The second one's children. Why? Because they get it because of the ksuva, because the husband predeceased the mother. But it's much, but the first ones, 
would not be able to get it because this is not a situation of Ksuvah and Dichrin, since both of them are not getting as Ksuvah and Dichrin. Okay? So that would be, the Tanakama over here would be the position of Rabbi Akiva, the way Rabbi Yosef explained that a few minutes ago. Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Im Yesh Moser Dinar, he says, no, not so Pashit. If there is, if there is an extra dinar to be spoken for, if both parties would collect their mother's ksuva, so then they both have a right to collect their mother. So you see that Rab Shimon clearly is taking the position is that even not, though the first payment is not a the first the, the payment to the second kid then is not a uh, a. Uh, no, he's saying both of them have a right to collect their mother's ksuva, that even though the second one's children are not getting this ksuva's been indicated, it does not preclude the first one of still getting He just said there should be a dinar left over. But, but, but Lamaisa, that's the machlokus over here, says Rabbi Yosef. Tanakama holds, there's no case of, there's no, it's not a case of ksuva's been indicated because ksuva's been indicated was only set up when both of them are getting it when they predeceased, when it's come to the predeceasing, uh, when the father, uh, they died before the father. But in a case where one died before the father, one died after, after the one one died one died before the father one died after the father died then then that would not be a case of tzuvas ben dichrin and that's what the Tanakhama seems to be saying so now the chorus says like this but if not if you don't have that extra dinar then it would come out that each one collecting their tzuvas circumvents the Torah mandated Yerusha then what do you do all bets are off. And therefore, so they have a cholk and b'shava, they would divide equally. Now, divide equally only on the first ksubas ben because the second one, they have the right to their mother's ksuva. What's that? They have the right to the Right, that's the second one's wife. So therefore, what it must be saying is, you would divide 50-50 on what? On what's after left the, after, after they collect their second one's mother's ksuva. That's what it must mean. Now the Chora, my is it not that this is what they're arguing about? The Mars Savar Achaz Bchayv Achaz B'Moisay Yeish Lang Suvas Bnei Dichrin is that according to Rab Shimon doesn't matter even if one wife died when he was alive and the other one died after he already had died there still is Suvas Bnei Dichrin. The only stipulation is there should be a dinar to work with. All right, right. Savar, whereas according to the opinion. Of Rab, uh, and that's Rab Shimon. According to Tanakama, we said no. Only the way we read it was the, the only the second ones, um, the second wife's children collect the ksuva because they're getting it as their mother's ksuva. They're not getting it as ksuvas ben indichrin. And, and and but the first one they do not have a right. So basically, Rabbi Yosef is bolstering his position that there is such a machlokas tanoyim that he wanted to say was the machlokas benanas and Rabbi Akiva, which now is also the machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Shimon. Right? So what's his line? That does not have to be. Meaning, we're not saying that the way you explained Rabbi Akiva and Benanas is, is incorrect, but to say that I'm showing you that there's a machlokas tanoyim that mirrors the way I explain the machlokas Benanas, no, not, not a proof, because there's other ways to learn here the machlokas, the Tanakama, and Rav Shimon. What's the other way to learn this? Is that like this, like the Kula Alma, Yesh, It could be that everyone conceptually holds that we 
do apply Ksuvas Bnei Dichrin, even if the second one, the wife died only after the husband died and her children are only getting it as the Yerusha of their mother's Ksuva, not because of Ksuvas Bnei Dichrin, they're coming as the creditors, they're stepping into the mother's rights to take a Ksuva, there still will be a Ksuvas Bnei Dichrin, we don't worry about fighting. So what's the Machlokus over here? What they're arguing about is something else, which we're going to see this coming up in the next Mishnah. Maybe what they're arguing about over here is as follows is when we say there has to be the extra dinar, it means both parties hold that it, there is to have been and there has to be an extra dinar. The question is, does that dinar have to be land or could that dinar even be metal so it can be cash? What's the difference? Because there is an opinion that holds that you can only say you fulfilled the Yerusha Daraisa if what the extra dinar was left over was land. It has to be left over land. And that's going to be coming out being the machlokas. means the Tanakama holds, we're talking about a scenario, you have to say, it's talking about a scenario where what was left over was, uh, was, was, was cash. Tanakama says, no, if, if only was left over cash, then you, you're going to go 50-50 on the, after the second get paid out, you're going to go 50-50 on the rest because it's as if there's nothing left over and it'll be circumventing the, the, the Yerush Daraisa. Comes along Rav Shimon and he says, no, as long as there's a dinar, i.e. a dinar cash, doesn't have to be karka, even if it's dinar cash, you can still say that each one gets their mother's Ksuva, because considered as if the Mekayim, the Yerush, the Raisa, with the dinar cash. They're arguing about the dinar that was left over and it, whether it has to be in land or not. According to the Tanakhama, it has to be land. It cannot be cash. And according to Rabbi Shimon, it could even work metalton. So therefore, he's saying as long as there's a dinar, they meant as long as a dinar cash, it works. The problem with that is, even if you argue, they say the mechanics of it can work, it cannot work without being Rav Shimon. We're going to see the next Mishnah. Rav Shimon is the one that says it has to be land. So how can you make that the machlok? Because Rav Shimon is the one that says it has to be land. So how can you say he means that it could be cash, right? Moses like this. Imam says, "Amad Achi." Can you say that? Now we learn in the next Mishnah. Rav Shimon, I'm Rafilu Yesham the Chosim She'en Lai Machrais. Even if what's left over after each party gets is Metaltal and She'en Lai Machrais means it's something that generally is no lean. Lean is usually on karka. So therefore, it's, even if it's not karka, it's cash. Einam klum, it's not considered as if there was anything left over to divide up for the Yerusha. And if it's not considered as if there's anything divided to be Yotza the Yerusha derives. So therefore, we don't split up and let each one take their mother's ksuva. Second one, maybe, but not the first one. So therefore, Einam klum, Achi she the dinner. There has to be at least a piece of property that is one dinar's worth more than the, both, the value of both of the ksuvas together. So therefore, you cannot say that's the machlo. So Moises suggests, okay, fine. You know what the machlokas could be? A different machlokas. Again, we're trying to avoid making it the machlokas the way Rabbi Yosef wanted to make it, that the machlokas is, do you conceptually hold that there is a ksuvah's ben indichrin when the second when the, the second one's children are not getting it as ksuvah's ben indichrin? So Moises says, What they're arguing about, interesting machlokas, what happens if the father left exactly uh, $11,000 in our case. There was $10,000 of ksuba for the first, uh, for the second one, $1,000, I mean for the first one, $1,000 for the second one, okay, exactly the right amount, but he has an IOU. There is somebody that owes him money. He has a lien of another thousand dinar on that property, but hasn't, 
It has, he did not have a chance yet to go out and get it. The question is that that encumbered property, can that be counted as part of the estate now? And if it's counted as part of the estate now, then it's, is there is more than a dinar that will be able to be split 50-50, and that allows that each party to collect their mother's ksuva, or not. Or maybe we say is, yes, it's, 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 it, there's a lien on it, but at the end of the day, that doesn't make it as if it's right here now, therefore you cannot consider it as the extra dinar. That's the machlokas. So it comes out the Tanakama holds, we talk about that case, Tanakama holds doesn't matter. The bottom line is, it's viewed as if there is no dinar, and so there's no dinar, then you're gonna split that first, it's gonna be 50-50. Whereas according to Rab Shimon, he says, no, it is considered as if there is the extra dinar. And since it's considered as if there's extra dinar, therefore what? The first one will be allowed to collect it, and they'll split 50-50 on the encumbered property when it comes right. in. The first one gets, right. the second one gets, and then there's one. Right. So therefore, in. It's only if it's actualized, it's here. Nechoyer means it's unencumbered. It's here, we have it here now. But But if it's only that we have a lien on it in somebody else's possession, that doesn't count as the extra dinar. That it even counts for the Meshabdi, that you can count the extra dinar, even what? Even property that what? Oh. That is owed, that has a lien on it, the land has a lien on it, you have an IOU on it, that counts as well. Now the Gemara asks a question from the language. What did Rav Shimon's Lashon? Rav Shimon's Lashon and the Machlokas, we quote, he says, if there is a dinar, then you do it, right? Then that language implies that he's being more strict than the Tanakama. Tanakama... Uh, he's saying, Tanakama, he's saying that if there's a dinar, but if there's no dinar, I'm, it's much more, I'm sorry, that he's being more permissive, right? He's being more permissive than the Tanakama. Tanakama holds, it doesn't work at all. Comes along Shimon and says, if there is a dinar, then it works. But the Gemara is asking is, he should not say if there is a dinar, he should say when there is a dinar. What he's saying, right? What, what is, what, how are we explaining it? We're saying right now if is. It would be that there's this loan hanging out there. When right. is that? No, 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 no. If it's not mashma, if there's a loan over here. He's saying is that, uh, that since there is a dinar, since we count that loan as a dinar, Therefore. Right? Therefore, you could go ahead and split it both ways. The Tanakama holds, no, I don't count that as a dinar. But he's not saying, he's, he, what he should have said is that I consider this to be a dinar because there is a dinar here. Not if there's a dinar, but be, oh, there, I mean, right. because there's a dinar here, there is a dinar here. He doesn't think it's a dinar. Right. The Tanakama doesn't consider it a dinar, but he, when you're saying he considers it a dinar, she should say, not if there is a dinar, he should say is that because there is this dinar here, I consider it to be okay. So when it says like this, his language was, if there is an extra dinar, he should not say they both agree there is that extra dinar, the only question is, can you count that as the extra dinar. So he's not saying if there's a dinar. There is an extra dinar. He should say because of this extra dinar, I consider this to be a case where you can split that both sides have a right to collect the ksuva. Not if, the only question over here is not if, we're saying is, the argument is there is a dinar, but what's the problem with the dinar? The dinar is not here right now, it's owed. That's the question. So he shouldn't say if there is a dinar, he should say because there is a dinar, then, it's, then it works. And that's not what he says. 
So therefore, so yeah, so therefore, came Jesham Dinar me boyle. Ella says the Gemara, maybe it means a, there's a different machlokus here. Now this machlokus, the, the Rishonim have a, a, a very, uh, find very difficult how the Gemara can even have this Havamina. What the Gemara is going to suggest over here is that the argument is as follows. According to the Tanakamba, if there would have been a dinar, it would have worked. Right? The reason why he says that it, only the second one, the way we understood it, only the second one collects and not the first one, because there wasn't a dinar. Right? Rab Shimon was less than a dinar. Rab Shimon holds it even works for less than a dinar. That's what Rab Shimon's coming to tell you. That even less than a dinar, it works. Tanakama holds if it's less than a dinar, there's no Yerusha to divide. Rab Shimon holds if, as long as it's, even if it's less than a dinar, they're still considered like there's a Yerusha to, Yerusha to divide. The problem with that, what the Mu is going to ask, well, that's not what Rab Shimon said. Rab Shimon said that if not if there's less than a dinar, what was his wording? He yeah. said, if, no, but he said, if there is a dinar, not less than, so how do you think he means less than a dinar, right? That's, it's, it's hard to understand why the Gemara would have thought that's the Machlotus. So the Gemara says like this. So Allah says, the Gemara, but Pachlas, me dinar kam nefligi. Mar sava dinar in, Pachlas me dinar lo. Tanakama holds, if you don't have a dinar there, then it's not going to work. What Mar sava and Rab Shimon holds is that even Pachlas me dinar, even less than a dinar, it can work to be counted a Yerusha to allow both sides to collect their ksuva. Frek the Gemara, Vaharab Shimon, dinar kam, I never said less than a dinar. He said there has to be a dinar, right? Tosos asks the other question, also doesn't go away. And it shouldn't say if, it should say when. That question doesn't go away either. Tosos is right, but take a look, Tosos. But Gemara says like this. So, you know what? You might be making a mistake, says the Gemara. Maybe we misunderstood the Brysa. What did we, what did we say the Brysa? The Tanakama said like this. The Tanakama said that what did he say? It says there that the children collect their mother's ksuva. Now, we understood that which mother's ksuva are we talking about? We understood it's talking about the second one, which is to the exclusion of the first. Maybe that's a mistake. When they said, we allow the, mother, the, the, the children to collect their mother's ksuva, what the Tanakama was saying, basically, the Tanakama is the more permissive one. Their saying is, no, we hold it's okay. The, 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 the first one can, it's even the first one. What they meant is the first one can get their mother's ksuba for sure. The second one. On that comes along Rav Shimon, and he's the one that's being more strict. One second. No. It has to be a dinar. Meaning the Tanakama halls, it doesn't have to be a dinar. Maybe it could even be less than a dinar. Maybe that's the way to understand. Comes along Rav Shimon. Now the word if, if it's a dinar makes sense. If it's a dinar, because he's being the more... He's the one who's being more strict. The Tanakama's being more permissive. Maybe that's the right way. We understood, switch it around, and that actually the Tanakama's being the one that's more permissive, and Rav Shimon's being the one who's more strict. Tumor says like this, Maybe the Tanakama in the Mishnah also... Uh, 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 Where's the place? I'm sorry, Epoch, right? That maybe Epoch, that's, that, that's where the Quran answers. Maybe you switch it around. Where it says you can't say switch it around. Because this Brysa that brings down the Machlokas between the Tanakama and Rav Shimon actually mirrors our Mishnah. We have the same Machlokas, Tanakama and Rav Shimon. But in the Mishnah, the Tanakama makes clear he does require a dinar as well. 
I mean, if you're going to give the answer, you want to give an answer is Tanakam always going to be less than a dinar, and Rav Shimon always it has to be a dinar. Problem with that is that's not the way the Mishnah records the machlok is Tanakam Rav Shimon. In the Mishnah, Tanakam also says it has to be a dinar, so you can't make that the machlok because Tanakam holds it doesn't have to be a dinar, and Rav Shimon holds it does. So when it says like this, Lachar Tanakam, but Nami dinar Kaamar, he also said it has to be a dinar. Ella says the Gemara like this. What we're going to do now is going back to the first two answers. Remember, the first two answers, we want to make the machlokas. Either the argument is that we're dealing with land that he's owed through an IOU, or that it's talking about it's in cash and it's not in karka. But the first way we wanted to learn those two arguments was either, with Rav Shimon was the more permissive one. He allows it to even be in cash. He allows it even to be uh, in an IOU. No, that's the machlokas, but flip it around. The Tanakamo is the more permissive one. He said, as long as you have the dinar, whether the dinar be in metaltolin, according to one answer, or whether the dinar be in, uh, in an IOU, it works. On that, and, and, and the way to read it, and when he says that the, 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 the children come and collect their mother's tzuba, he's talking about the first ones allowed to come collect under that scenario. Comes along Rav Shimon, and he's the strict opinion, no. Only if that dinar is, is, in, is in karko, or that dinar is not in uh, an IOU, only then it works. That would be a way of learning this. The way to learn it is the same, is the same answer we wanted to give, the two first Lashonos, but Eipach, but switch it around, that the Tanakama is being the more permissive one, and Rab Shimon is more strict, and then that stems, it fits with the Mishnah later on. Okay, let's talk about what the halacha is. So Amar Mar Zutra Mishmei de Rav Popa. Hilchasa, what's the halacha? Achaz b'chayav, achaz b'moisoy. Our case, where one wife's children, they, uh, the wife predeceased the husband. Wife A died before her husband. And wife B, she died after the husband, is our case. Yesh lahen ksuvaz b'nein dechren. The laws of ksuvaz b'nein dechren do apply which means that the first wife's children, after the second wife collects her ksuva, she, they can also demand their mother's ksuva as, part, as the first shot at the inheritance, and there's no problem with that. What's that? And we'll see if there's, we'll see. The, the second thing is, the ksuva nas is mosla chaverta. The second ruling he gave is you don't need an extra dinar because that's what we spoke about at the beginning of the Shia today, is that the fact that the inheritance was being used to pay off an oh, outstanding so debt, that's considered as if what? As if it got... As if there was a fulfillment of the Yerusha, and therefore you don't need an extra dinar. So the, he said two halachas. Number one is that there is in this case ksuvas benindichrin, and number two, when there's ksuvas benindichrin, you don't need the extra dinar, in this, in this kind of case, you don't need it because you can count the ksuva that the second ones get paid as an obligation as, as if there was a Yerusha, right? So when I ask the following thing, it seems to be a redundancy. Meaning, I understand if you give the rulings in the two ways, you give, in the order that you gave. The first one tells me that there is ksuvas been different in this scenario. And the second one tells you is that when there is ksuzban in dinachdichrin, you don't need the extra dinar in this scenario because the second ksuva counts as the extra. I understand why you need ruling B without ruling A. Because if you only had ruling A, you might think you need an extra dinar. Ruling B is telling me that what? You don't need it. Because you can count the whole ksuva as like the dinar, right? But the question is, why not just give us ruling B? 
If you would teach us that ruling B teaches me, we don't need, in this case, when one died before the husband died, the other one died after the husband died, you don't need an extra dinar. Ostensibly, you're also telling me is that you say that the has been indifferent in this scenario. So why do you need ruling A if you're already telling me ruling B? Ruling B is predicated on there being ruling A. You don't have to have ruling A if you have ruling B. Clear? I understand if you first told me the halacha of Achaz B'chayav and Achaz B'moso that there's Ksuz B'nin Dichrin, Yeshlam Ksuz B'nin Dichrin, Belo and you would not know that Ksuva Nasiz Moso Chaverta, that the Ksuva of B can be counted as the extra dinar for the first Ksuva. So Hava, I mean, I would have thought if you only had the first ruling, you have to have a full extra dinar. But in Elol, but if you don't have the extra dinar, not. But if you just taught me ruling B, that in this case where one is one, one ksuva is getting for the husband, the, for the wife who predeceased, and the other ksuva is being paid out for the husband who died before the wife, and then he she died, and it went to inheritance to her children to collect the credit, the, 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 the debt that's owed by the estate to them for the ksuva, so that if you only, if you told me the second halacha, Right? So then why do I need the first one? Obviously in this case, this ksuv has been indifferent. You're telling me you don't even need the extra dinar. So what do you have to tell me that for? Vana yadana, I would know. Mishum de achaz b'chayav, achaz b'moso. I would know because obviously there's a case of achaz b'chayav, as b'moso. Yehishlein ksuva has been indifferent. Okay, now, let me explain this outside. It took me a while to catch it. Now, I figure, I think I figured it out. And what I was going to say is like this. Listen carefully to this. What I was going to say is, that if all they told me is that there are cases where Aksuva is going to be paid out for different reasons. It's going to be paid out to part, party or parties A, a party to one party as the mother's Yerusha. And that'll be a case where she, party B in our case, where that, we'll see it's actually party C, but where, where it's the, 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 the wife who died after the husband died, right, right, and you have either one or two wives that died before, right, so the question was going to be, so once, uh, why do I need to have that the first halacha that you give it, that if you tell me I don't even need an extra dinar, but obviously you're kicking in because it was different, but then why do I have to tell me that because it was different works in this case? I know it works. I'll tell you why. Let me set up the scenario. The reason why there was, and we spoke about at the beginning of the shir today, is that the reason why there was a thought that maybe you only say ksuvas ben is when both parties that are fighting over their mother, that to get paid their mother's ksuva, both wives predecease the husband. Because then neither wife has a right to it from the din of Yerusha. Right? They both have equal rights and they both have the stipulation of the ksuva that if our mother dies before the husband, we get paid out first with the ksuvas vindichrin. We have thought that's the case, we have ksuvas vindichrin as long as there's an extra dinar right. But if one party's coming because of ksuvas vindichrin, the other party's coming because they have the right, that, that second party could have a taina. What's their taina? It's not fair that you should get only, you should get the, the, the takana of the chachamim. I, we're also getting our mother's tzuba, but our mother's tzuba is not coming because of the takar's kachan, so you shouldn't get it, it should be split 50-50. That's right, that, so that's what we would have thought. However, set up the following scenario. Let's say there are three wives. Wife A, wife B, wife C. A and B, right, had children and had male children. Right, let's so say each one had a boy and then died before the husband. 
right? As soon as they die, both Ksuva A and Ksuva B gets inherited by the husband, and the only way they have a shot to that is because the Takanas Chachamim of Ksuvas Ben Indichrin. Otherwise, it should be swallowed up by the estate, and everything should be split up equally amongst all of the inheritors. Comes along, the husband marries wife C. Okay? Now, wife C has a baby. Post death of the other two. Yes. Or no, it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be post death, but the okay. bottom line is he He's married wife C. Wife, and he has with her a baby girl. Okay? Now, then he dies. Now, when he dies, the bottom line is the mother has a right to her ksuvo. Right? And if she went and she would pull out uh, $5,000, whatever the cash for Xuva, she would pull it out, it's hers, right? What happened was she died before she pulled it out. But that, it doesn't get lost because since she has a girl and she has no boys, who becomes her inheritor? The girl. The girl. And therefore she inherits the mother's right, which means she has a right to that $5,000 before, before the estate has to kick it out to her because she has a right to inherit. Before they divide up the assets of the father, uh, she has a right to that 5000 But that's the only right she has. What about the other two wives? What's that? They preceded her in death, or are they still... They preceded the husband. They preceded the husband. So their ksuba was swallowed up. Now, the point is, she doesn't have any... She cannot have any complaints about... It's not fair that you guys get ksuba's benedichrin, because she has no claim of ksuba's benedichrin. Ksuba's only goes to the male children. There's no... So now, what would happen in this case? In this case, let's say, there would be exactly enough money to pay each one of the ksuvas. There's 20 grand in there. 20 grand covers the girl's payment, who she has a right to as a creditor, and it would cover the other two. But there's no extra dinar. Comes along, you, would under, you could understand that comes along Marzutra, and Marzutra says, no, in this case, you don't have to split it equally because we do apply Ksubas bin Dichrin. Why? Because we can count the payment that was made to the girl as if the inheritance was inherited and kicked it out. And there's no problem of fighting over here. Why is there no problem of fighting? Because she cannot have complaints. Why are they getting Ksubas bin Dichrin? She's not in the parasha for you, the Yerusha to get Ksubas bin Dichrin. Her only right here is a creditor, not as a The other two whose mothers died before, they both are in the parish of different. In that case, they'll be Ksubin different. The only thing we need the Yerusha of the girl is that you don't need the extra dinar because of her Yerusha. So you would have said, if, so therefore, if you only said that you don't have to have an extra dinar, but you still give tzuz ben I would have thought maybe it's talking about the case that we just set up now. But in a case where it was only two wives, and both had boys, and one died before the husband, one died after, in such a case, they might be fighting in that case. Why they might be fighting? Because they're the one who got it as a ksuva, he could complain. Why should you get ksuva and dechren? I didn't get ksuva and dechren. Maybe in that case, Rabbi Razutra said that wouldn't be the halacha. That's why he has to tell me not just halacha A, but he also has to tell me, not just halacha B, but he also has to tell me halacha A as well. That is the shot of it. Yes, so let's read it inside. Sigmar says as follows. Sigmar says... Alright. Um, if all he taught us was that the halacha is that when there's... that you don't need an extra dinar because you can use the ksuva that's being paid 
for the wife that died after the death of the husband. Have I mean, I would have maybe have said, maybe the case that's referring to Shinosh Noshin. A guy married three women. Two of the wives died before him, predeceased the husband. And one died after the death of the husband. However, the the one that died after the death of the husband, what child would she have? Your ledes nekevahi. She gave birth to Nekevah, the last Bas Yerushi, who does not have a right as inheritance to it. Her only claim is what? As the Ksuva. Right? And that's why over there we would say the two can divide up Ksuvah and different because there's no fighting in such a case. But it was only two wives. And one had a boy, and one other one had, they both had boys. So they have a Hadal Achar Misa, Yoleta Zachar, the one that gave birth after the death. Uh, that 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 she she that 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 she died after the death of her husband. She predeceased he predeceased her, and it was and her child was a zakhar. Then we should be concerned. There's going to be fighting between the first wife's children and the second wife's children. Therefore, in such a case, you might not say this has been indifferent. Kamash Malan, that even in that case, we say has been indifferent, and you don't even need a dinar because what counts as the dinar, the payment of the second wife's ksuva counts as for it. Well, that's what come to teach me. All right, let's see the next Mishnah. Now, this is, should all go easy because this is really predicated. What we learned before is predicated on this Mishnah. A person was married to two women, and they both died before him. And then he died. Both sets of orphans want their mother's ksuva because this is the classical case of ksuvas benindichrin. Each one wants their mother's ksuva. If there's only the exact amount of money for the two ksuvas and nothing will be left over to what happened in such a case, split equally amongst all the children. By the way, not the wives. It's split amongst the children because each one has an inheritor as long as there's no firstborn because then he would get a double portion. But that's the way it's split. means one wife has five children, the other one has ten, it's split fifteen ways. That's how they do it. Now, if there was an extra dinar, each one can take their mother's ksuva, no matter what the amount is, because there's enough to fulfill the derisive din of, 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 of Yerusha. What, where, where's that Yerusha going to be split? The 50-50 will be on that extra dinar. Now, Im Amr Yusayim, now the Yusayim are smart, right? They say like this, we have a $10,000 ksuva. They only have a $1,000 ksuva. So now, and there's only exact, there's only $11,000 in the estate. We're going to be out a significant amount of money if it gets split equally, right? The problem is there's no extra dinar. So they say not a problem. You know what? We're willing to allow the evaluation of the land. When they assess the land to pay us out, we allow it to be inflated. Let the land, let's say our $10,000, let them assess the land as $10,000 and one dinar. Okay? So now, the land we're going to be taking is going to be $10,000 and one dinar. Now, we owe a dinar back. We'll kick a dinar back into the coffers. And now it comes out dinar, that the other dinar. ones have now five thousand, one thousand, and one dinar. They get the one thousand. There's going to be one thousand left. So therefore, that's a shtick that they want to do is let they allow for an overpricing of the land to allow them to get an extra dinar that they owe the estate back a dinar. So then now there's a dinar to split, right? So let's say im amru yisayim. If the ones we're going to get the bigger yerusha, uh, the bigger ksuva, say amru mal in al nechse avino yafedinar. We're going to inflate. 
the nechassim of our father is one extra dinar. iman in order to allow us to get our full ten thousand dollars. Ain't shomer. We don't allow it. We don't allow the inflation of it. I mean, it might be good for you, but that's not fair because that's going to be hurting the other fellow, the other, the other orphans. Ella, shaman is in a We have to take the assets to base it and evaluate it at its actual value, and that's the only way you can deal with it. Now, Hayusham the Chasim This is an interesting Shiloh. Similar to what I had before with the with the incumbent properties, but no, the case over here is the father predeceased the grandfather. Now, the father left only enough money to count, cover the both exact suvas. Now, the grandfather happens to have significant holdings. Now, if the grandfather dies, what would have happened is his son would have inherited him. But the son is dead, his grandchildren get the portion of what the father would have got, they get. Which means right now, even though the estate don't have it at this point, but they're in the near future, there's going to be a significant amount that's going to be falling, and there'll be enough to fulfill the Yerusha to Arisa. The question is, does that count to allow each one to collect the Ksuva, or we deal with it at, as it is right now? And as it is right now... It's potential. It's not here yet. Since it's not here, this is even worse than the case of the lien. The case of the lien, it actually is owed to the father. In this case, it's not owed to anyone. Potentially, it might end up being here. So it says over this, It's not considered like the estate has it. And since it's not considered like the estate has it, they still have to divide it equally. They cannot say there's an extra dinar in this case because it's potentially it might be here, but it's not here. Now, even if there was, after you divided the 11,000, there was cash. Right? It was, uh, it was, it wasn't real estate. We don't count that for the division for the Yerusha. In order to divide for the Yerusha, it has to be real estate. It has to be real estate. That is worth at least one dinar more after you divide up the ksuva. Okay, let's go weiter. The Bryce is just elaborating on the case of the Mishnah. One ksuva was worth a thousand. The other one was worth five hundred. If after you divide up the fifteen hundred, there's a dinar still left to be divided. Each one can take their mother's ksuva. But imla, but if you divide it and there's nothing left to divide up now, the Yerusha Daraisa, then the whole eleven hundred is divided equally. You cannot give it as a thousand and five hundred because it would negate the ksuva, the, 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 the Yerusha Daraisa. That's exactly what we learned. It says it more like this. Interesting Shiloh. What happens in inflation? All right? At the time of the death or here the devaluing of the properties, the time the father died, there was enough to pay off each ksuva plus a dinar. When they actually got around to selling off the properties, the real estate had dropped, right? Uh, the interest rates had gone up, real estate went down, and now there's only enough or not even enough to cover both ksuvas. So how do we look at it? Right? So one says it's passion. Is that the point of death is when the estate acquires and Yerusha happens at the point of death. So it means at the point of death, that extra dinar was there. You fulfilled the Yerusha Daraisa. The fact that now you took your time to go ahead and sell it and it's not enough now, doesn't matter because it doesn't negate the Yerusha Daraisa. Yerusha Daraisa happened. When the Yerusha Daraisa happened? It happened later, but it happened later. 
at the time of death. So that's not a problem. You fulfilled the obligation at that point. Pshita, Merubin, Minismatu, if they were the properties that were more than the extra dinar, and then they went in, they became less. Kivar Yorshim. The Yorshim already acquired at the point of death, and therefore it's considered as each the dinar was split 50 50, and it's not a problem. But what about the opposite? What happens if the point of death, the estate was uh, only $1,100? And then when they came to sell it, it was worth more because uh, property, uh, property went up. So do we say now there's enough to fulfill the mitzvah of splitting the rice on the dinar and we should split now? The, uh, or do we say, no, again, you have to go by the point of death and what happens now is inconsequential. That's the question right now. So Moira says like this. So, at the time of death, it's it was just eleven hundred dollars. It was only eleven hundred dollars, and at that point in time, that you'd have to split it, right? Now, at that point, if you were going to split it, they already acquired their half. Now you're going. To, now the question is, but now when you actually sold the property, it's actually more. It actually came up being more. So then, do we say, well, then it would have come out retroactively? There's no need to split it. They could go. Each one gets their oh, own tshuva. And then you split on top, whatever's left over. Right. Right. So Toshima, come and listen. The Nixed the day Bar Tzartzur, that there were the assets from the estate of Bar Tzartzur, Muatin, that was our case, is that they're not a, there was only enough to cover the Ksuva, but Nisrabu, and at the time of sale, the, uh, there was an, a, an appreciation, the, the property went up. So Nisrabu Havu. Fazaka made the Rav Amram, and they came to Rav Amram, so Amalahu, Zilu, Baisinuhu. So what happened was, it's the ones that had the lesser ksuva came to court because they said we want our 50% at the time of death right so but the other the, the, but but what happened was no no I'm sorry I'm sorry that's okay they're, they're saying that at the time of death it went up right so they're saying now it's now it's more so if it's more now we should be able to go 50-50 uh, uh, we should no 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 no, 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 no I heard right meaning like at the time of death we would have got 50%. Now, it, now it, before, we should still be 50-50. It should still be 50-50, right? 50, right? If, if it's, yes. Because we shouldn't count on what's more. Right, right, right. right. It should the, revert back to... Uh, right, right. So therefore, so, no, just question who's, who's raising the, the, the thing. So no, the, the, it must be the ones that, that with, with the high... The more, money. the more money were the ones coming to complain about it. So... No, no, lo- no, 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 no. The, it's, I, I so, la'ash he didn't, he, uh, uh, they didn't listen to him. He told them, he told them, you have to go and pay out, you have to go out and pay out the larger ksuva. Yes, the poor ones were the ones, he said, you have to pay out the larger ksuva. You don't have a choice. You can't claim, you cannot claim that... So what's the, the, one the smaller ones initially wanted to split 50-50, right? The, the, the small ones... The ones with the smaller one were claiming 50-50 because at the time of death there wasn't enough to be divided and therefore it was going to go 50-50. Now it became more. So he held, he actually held the fact that it's more now. Does the, it matter? No, he no, held, no, 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 he held, it does matter. He held is the fact that now it's more, you are required to let the ones who get the larger ksuva pay them the larger amount because the bottom line is, since uh, there is enough left over, then right. you can, it doesn't, it's not, it's not 50-50 anymore, right? So they didn't want to pay attention, they didn't pay attention to him. They said, they thought, I don't, we don't agree with that, all right? So, uh, Amalahu, he said to them, Eloi Mafsisu Lahu, if you guys don't 
appease the older one, the, the, the larger suva, and pay off the larger suva, like I said, because now there is money to split up because there, there, there was an appreciation of the properties. I'm going to strike you with thorns that don't cause blood. But that's a way of saying neder. Uh, a nidui. I'm going to put you in nidui. That's like striking with a thorn that's without a thorn that doesn't get me. I'm going to put you in nidui. So Shadruno the commander of Nachman. So he sent them to Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman was the uh, one of the chief Dayanim in Bavel. He was related to the Reish Galusa, and he appointed him as the one of the chief Dayanim. So he said, "Go and clarify the halacha with Rav Nachman." Now we're going to see Rav Nachman actually did not agree with the ruling. Rav Nachman said everything is determined at the time of the death. It makes no difference whether it goes up or it goes down. They acquired their portion at the time of the death. So therefore, if at the time of the death it was not enough, then they acquired fifty percent of the Yerusha at that point. You can't go ahead now and take that away from them. So you don't have a right to do that. So just as when there was enough at the time of death to divide and have the extra dinar, even though at the time of dividing it's not there, doesn't matter because you acquired at the point of death, so too, the Yorshim acquired at that point, so therefore, so too, even though there was, when there's not enough at the beginning, even though it became later, they already got their 50% at the time of death. You can't say now there's more, they can divide up, they can give up their 50%, they don't have to, I mean, at Torah, they already acquired their 50% at the time of death. You cannot take it away. That's how Rashi explains this, Rebbein Echanan as well, and that's the way you're going to explain it. Let's keep going. Simen Elif Meya Mitzvah Ksuba Yaakov Zakov Sadoisav Bedvarim Asikin. Ahu Gavra, there was a certain person. To have a maskebe alpha zuze. The case over here was that he owed a thousand zuz. Alright? So he was a debtor. He had a creditor that he owed a thousand zuz to. Now have a late He had two houses. He was able to sell both of them for 500 each. But what happened was he blew the money. So now when his creditor comes to him and he doesn't have any cash and he doesn't have any assets, since it was, there was a lien, that creditor had a lien on his property, what is the right of the creditor? The property. To go after the property. Even after, so, uh, after a sale. After a sale. sale. After a sale. Because t- he should have done title search. And that's if he did, you're right. That's what you're right. So therefore, Asa Baal Chayv, Tarfa Lechad Minayus. The Baal Chayv came and seized the first one. All right? He had it evaluated. It came out to be only 500. Now we're going to see that you have, when you have, when you seize and it gets evaluated, you still need a document finalizing it. It wasn't finalized yet, but he saw it was only 500. So what is his point? He wants to go now take from the, from the, from the, from the, from the buyer the second property. So he wants to go take, now he went to, want to take the second one. So the guy, the buyer does not want to give up on the house. That he has, and he maybe figures I can get up. So he said like this. He said to the uh, to the to the creditor. He said to him like this. He said, "Listen, if you consider the first house worth a thousand, if you consider it worth a thousand, and then leave me alone, all all good. You paid your thousand. You got your thousand. If you only consider it to be five hundred, then I'm going to give you a thousand cash and take back the first house." So I, I for sure want to hold on to the second house. But I'm giving you an offer. You can either keep the first house as if it's a value, as valued at a thousand. Right? I'm willing to have it a value as inflated like it's a thousand. Or if you're not willing to do that, then here's a thousand dollars cash and then give me back that property. Now again, Mepharshim discussed whether or not he has, he can, he can, uh, if it had been seized completely legally and done, if he can go ahead and do it or not. That's a discussion that's over here. But this is the offer that he made him. 
the buyer. The, the buyer, correct. Now, the, right. So, because there is a halacha, it's a discussion, it's a discussion we're going to learn later on in Bamatia, Babasu. There's a halacha that if you are a, a, a debtor and a creditor comes and sees your land, are you allowed to later on come and say, yes, cash me back my land? The question is, does it apply to the buyer as well? But by, because it could be that it applies to a debtor, but it doesn't necessarily apply to a buyer. buyer. That's a question. So Moses says like this. So he took a thousand zuz. He went to the creditor. If you consider the house he took already worth a thousand zuz, then everything's good. Walk away. Leave me alone. You got paid your thousand. We're done. But Eloi, Shakala, Eloi, but if you don't consider it to be, you think it's only worth 500, so then Shakil Alpha Zuzi, here's cash. Take the thousand and then what? Go away. Then give me, give me back. Right. Give me back the, the, the property. It's so the first right. Property. So there's Alpha Zuzi, they stalic. So Savar Rami Barchama, Rabbi Chama wanted to say that's similar to our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, we had a scenario that we said that. You, you, that that if the if the if, if the one group of, of orphans want to uh, uh, consider the land be at an inflated rate, and we didn't allow them to do it, so the same way as you didn't allow the orphans to say it should be worth one zuz, so therefore we should not allow him to say that either. So therefore, that's really the same case as our Mishnah. It says, They wanted to inflate the property to be one dinar more, so they, they, they didn't have a right to go ahead and do it. So you can't compare the two. Over there, by you inflating it, who you're hurting? You're hurting the other set of, of Yorishim, the other set of orphans. So you can't inflate it in your benefit to hurt somebody else. But in our case, it's just, it's, it's they're, not getting, they're not getting oh, hurt. Yeah. You're getting, you can get your $1,000. There's, no, there's no, nothing being hurt. But it says, Me dummy, Hasam is the Peseda, Liasmi, Hacha, me is the Peseda, Peseda Alpha. There's no loss to, uh, of the thousand. Because Alpha, Yahi, he gave a thousand, and Alpha Shokin is going to get back a thousand. And therefore, not. Uh, uh, so the Gemara wants to know that there is a document that's called a tirfa. A tirfa is if somebody has had property that he bought seized from him by a creditor. So if that was, uh, if the property itself had been insured, he now can go back to the original seller who is the debtor of the creditor and he can go back to him and say, you owe me the money. So uh, the, the, the document that they give him to say that it's legit, that you can go back and collect the money because it was seized, is called a star tirfa. Tirfa means you can go back, that it was seized from you, and now I can go back and collect with it. So one has a very interesting question over here. He had a, let's say he chooses to, uh, to keep the property, the first house, and he evaluates it as a thousand. Right? When he goes back to the original creditor, the person who sold him, the original debtor, the one who sold him the house, how much is he going to be able to collect from the fellow? Now, let's analyze it, because on one hand, the house really was only worth 500. But he was able to get the, uh, the, he was able to get the creditor who took the house from him to agree that the 500 is going to be counted as 1,000, which means that creditor wrote off the debt. He's not coming back for another 500. So from the debtor, the original debtor this, who sold him the house, he's now satisfied his $1,000 debt with the creditor just taking this one house. So the question is, does he have a right to collect a $1,000 from, uh, from the creditor? because he satisfied his debt of $1,000, 
Or at the end of the day, listen, the house is 500. The fact he counted as 1,000, that's not my problem. He counted as 1,000. But it's only worth 500, and I'm paying you for a house of 500. That's all I'm willing to go ahead and pay you for. So that's the question. Meaning, if in fact the creditor keeps the house of 500, it's willing to count as 1,000, it does satisfy the full $1,000 debt. Can he collect the $1,000? Can the buyer collect from the debtor the full thousand dollar so the star should say you owe me a thousand dollars or should it only say 500 that is the Gemara's question so tirfa bekama the tirfa that we write the star tirfa that we write to allow him to go back and collect the money that he lost how much is it going to say so let's see so the Gemara says as follows so Kamakasvina to Ravina Amarba Alpha. It's a thousand because technically I saved you a thousand dollars. That house that was taken from me got you off the, de- the hook for the full thousand. You owe me the thousand. Rabavira Amarba Khamesh Mea. He says, no, because it was still the house is only worth five hundred. The fact that he did a favor and said, I'm gonna count this full thousand doesn't mean you didn't lose you didn't lose a thousand, you lost five hundred. So therefore, I only have to pay you the five hundred. And that is the halacha. Ha'ugavra, the Mormon brings down, very interesting why the Mormon does it, but it brings down Mamash, a very similar story to the one before with the same outcome. Ha'ugavra, the Havamaski Bey Me'azuzi, person who had creditors, a creditor that he owed a hundred zuz to. So Havale Trekatini de Ara, he had two parcels of land. For his two houses, he has two parcels of land. One he was able to sell for 50, and the other one for 50. So basically, the creditor unloaded his two parcels of land for a hundred zuz. And then spent the money. Comes the creditor to the debtor. Where's the land you had? I sold it. Okay, I have a lien on it. I'm going to go after the land. So Azabal Chayv comes the creditor. Tarfa lechad minai took the first parcel, and which is only worth 50. So he's now can take the second one. So Hadar Asavah Katarev Leidach. Now he went back to, to seize the second parcel. So Shakel Kuf. So he, the, uh, the buyer took 100 Zuz. And went to the creditor and said, listen, you want to satisfy your $100 Zuz and you've already taken one, par- one parcel of land from me. If you consider that one, that one you took, even though it was 50, you consider like 100 and the matter is closed, then Shalom al Yisrael and you can hold on to that piece of property. So then fine. But if you refuse and you want to take the other property for me, then I'm going to pay you shakel 100 zuzi, vistalik, and then get away from the first one. You're going to lose the first property as well. You get your 100 zuz, but you're not going to be able to hold on to the first property. I guess these properties were, were considered to be uh, elite properties. So, that's our Mishnah, that you can't inflate something for your, to make it work for you. Say, that you can't say we're going to make it worth an extra dinar, so that now they can take suvas bin and dechrin. We don't allow that. Right? So here too, you can't inflate it in order to hold on to the property that you have. So I'm like, buy again, same shakatara. Me, dami, how can you compare the two? Hasam islup se There, there's a loss to the orphans that have the smaller, uh, there's a loss to the, the some that have the smaller ksuva. If you get the, to make it to go different by inflating, you can't inflate it. That's going to hurt the other set of yisomim. But hacha to islay. There's no loss at all. It's up to the creditor. He can either take the hundred zuz and give back the land, or if he wants to keep this as a hundred, so mea 
Yahiv b'meir shakil. He gave. Uh, he he originally gave a hundred. He lent a hundred, and he's considered if in his mind it's worth him a hundred. He got a hundred back. If he doesn't want to hold on to the property, give it back, and you'll get a hundred zuz. But there's no loss to anybody over here if he agrees to go along with it. So Morris says, "Vatir v'kamas." So how much we as based in when the buyer comes and says, I want to go back to the debtor to recoup my losses. How much do we write that star for? He saved him a hundred zuz because that property, even though it was a 50, it wiped out the debt of a hundred. You should, you should demand a hundred for, for, for get a, uh, you should be able to write a document to him. It was considered property like a hundred as if you took a hundred. Rav Avira, it's only worth 50. The fact he considers hundred, that's his problem, but it's only worth 50. The document should not say you can collect more than 50. And that is the halacha. That's basically the maskana, same as before.